eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome, Stars fans, to an episode of Spits and Suds. Stars win in Pittsburgh by the score of 4-1. to one, Stay undefeated on the season. And joining me from a Pittsburgh perspective from Fifth Avenue Faceoff, popular Pittsburgh Penguins podcast, is my friend Chris Mack. How are you tonight, my friend? Good, Gav. How are you, my man? You guys should be a whole lot happier with what you saw from your team, especially in the last 40 minutes or so than what yeah. we are. That's a, that's a great point because, you know, on the surface, like if you're a passive stars fan with everything going on with the Rangers and uh, the world series come in, a lot of excitement, oh, yeah. Cowboys playing Sunday. So kind of the stars are on the, on the back pages right now. And so you say, wow, they continued being undefeated. But you know, if you watch this game, I mean, this easily could have gotten away from the stars, like you said, 40 minutes, because that first 20 was a track meet. I thought the Penguins came out really fast. I thought they came out well. They forced some penalties. Um, but tonight, like we talked on your podcast the other day, it really it, it, it improved it. The Jake Ottinger show was on full display. Yeah, I mean, I think the Pens had, I want to say, seven or eight high-danger chances in the first period to the stars. Bupkis, zero, zilch, nada. Yeah. Um, and it was, uh, it, it, the Penguins really were dictating the pace of play and getting lots of really good looks. I mean, you look at the heat map for where the opportunities were coming from the first period, Gavin, and it was everything for the Stars was kept to the outside. So nine shots on goal at even strength in the first period for Dallas. Not a one of them came from inside what they like to call the house, from the hashes on down to the crease and inside. Uh, the Penguins, that was, I mean, it looked like a bullseye in that area of the ice, including where Brian Rust scored the lone goal for the yep. Penguins late in that first period. And it really felt like that's the kind of energy you, you would think a team would take uh, and sort of build off of going into the second period, especially going into the second period on a power play. But yep. instead, they didn't really do much of anything on that on that power play to start the second period. I think that gave the stars some life. They even had a scoring opportunity. Dallas did uh, shorthanded during that Penn's power play. And from there, it really felt like the second period was used to kind of even things out. Jake Ottinger didn't have to do too much in that second period. And the stars were able to capitalize on, on the chances that they did get against the backup goalie who slowly deteriorated throughout the game and Alex and Delkovich. Yeah. And one of the things that, I was excited to have you on is just an outside perspective looking in because sure undefeated in regulation, but 
I think you can now see what we were talking about the other day in that, you know, this is a very good team, but it just doesn't seem like the stars are fully connecting um, right now. I mean, you know, they did get their legs and I, I do agree. They played a better 40 minutes, but it's just, you look at this team and you say, wow, I think it can be a lot better actually. Yeah. I think there's obviously there's more room for growth. Like they haven't even come close. The ceiling is the roof to quote the great Michael Jordan. Um, yeah. and, and, and they're nowhere close to it yet. Um, like for example, the, the Sagan line, um, they produce a really pretty goal, but for the most part, they kind of went unnoticed. I thought tonight, other than that goal. And that's what I think the stars have enough talent for, you know, Jason Robertson gets his first goal of the season. Um, who else had their first of the year? Was it, um, a couple guys got their first goal, Thomas Harley, Harley. Um, and, and, you know, they, they were able to capitalize, make the most of their opportunities. And when you're as deep as I think the stars are, especially up front, I think you can do that. You can get away with playing, uh, maybe disappear. I don't want to say disappearing, but not playing as well, uh, for 20 minutes at a time. And you look up, especially when you've got your backstop back there who was just playing out of his mind and you can still win a game four to one. And that's, that's the vibe I got. Like, I, I think the Robertson line still had a really good game. They end up uh, with some pretty dominant puck possession numbers, um, despite the fact that they're the, they're the one line on the ice for the even strength goal. Yeah. Um, I, I thought they played really dominant hockey in the last 30 minutes of this game. Jason Robertson had a couple point blank opportunities ended up scoring on one. Like I said, uh, and it was just, it, once it started rolling downhill for Dallas, it felt like it, 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 the penguins weren't able to reel it back in because again, Ottinger didn't have to do nearly as much in the second and third periods as he did in the first, but the foundation had been laid and the penguins, I think had one even strength shot through maybe the first 15 minutes of the third period. They got completely and thoroughly outplayed by Dallas in the third period. Yeah. Shots on goal uh, finished 39, 34 in favor of Pittsburgh and shots on goal is interesting with all modern day analytics, because um, you can look at it and you can say, you know, okay, you know, they're just peppering the goalie, but where did the shots come from? Mm -hmm. But in that first period, I thought Pittsburgh, like you mentioned, had a lot of key, um, shots in, in, in quality areas. There were quality uh, uh, chances. I also thought Pittsburgh uh, did a great job in the first period controlling the faceoff circle. Um, and that kind of evened out as the game went along. You know, yeah. it, it was just interesting, just kind of a generic view for us because, I, you know, we do look around the NHL a lot and notice some empty seats tonight. And I just mm -hmm. felt as though the crowd wasn't getting into it you know it just it just seemed like a quiet crowd tonight what's the vibe in pittsburgh right now well traditionally the vibe in pittsburgh uh this time of year is kind of a wake me when the steelers are done kind of vibe you know it's it's probably somewhat similar in dallas yep. right to, to, you've got the cowboys and in a year like this one as long as the rangers are still rolling they'll obviously like you said have everyone's attention and then i imagine there's even moments once you push into January and February, where the Mavs garner more attention than the Stars in a lot of cases. Um, in Pittsburgh, it is very much wake me when the Steelers are done. It's not that people don't care about the Penguins. The average mainstream Pittsburgh sports fan does care. They're just not paying as close attention. And especially when a team starts cold, the average everyday fan 
their reaction to this is going to be, wait, 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 wait. They got rid of Hextall and they, they brought in wonder kid Dubas and they got that Carlson guy, right? He's he just yeah. won the Norris trophy. Yeah. What, how, how, yeah. What's, what's going on? They, they, I thought they fixed everything. And instead he, they, they take a step back and they, uh, wait, uh, no, they're just, they're just still a bunch of old guys. Okay. Well, in that case, um, and that I think is going to start to become the, the narrative over the next few weeks. Uh, again, if the penguin, the penguins had a really interesting opportunity, Gavin, in that their first, uh, the first quarter of the season or so, you could almost split right in half. The first eleven games, nine of them were against teams that either didn't make the playoffs last year or aren't projected to make them, or maybe be a borderline case like a Calgary this year. The only two games of substance that they really had were tonight and Colorado coming up Thursday, also in mm -hmm. Pittsburgh. So they had an opportunity to stack points because the second 11 games, I mean, it's intimidating. It's Jersey. It's Carolina. It's Tampa. It's the Rangers. It's a lot of really tough teams, teams that in all likelihood will finish ahead of them in the standings in the Eastern Conference. And so they aren't going to be able to stack a lot of points. And for a team that you would think would be somewhat inspired by not just the way they went out last year, but the fact that ownership decided to go all in on the group that's here, the core, the big three, as we call them in Pittsburgh, Sidney Crosby of Genny Malkin and Chris Letang, go all in on the big three and add Eric Carlson um, and make the GM move that they did. Uh, th that's, that is, it's not getting paid off on right now. And it, it's tough to see them go out there and play a third period like they did where, I'll be honest, they look bothered to even be there at yeah, times in the third true. year. Yeah. And, and that and that translates itself into the crowd reaction sometimes. And the fact that, you know, the, their their years-long sellout streak was broken uh, about a year and a half ago, I want to say. Um, there is we've reached sort of a doldrums because it has been, you know, five seasons now since they've won a playoff series. And yeah. like it or not, much again, much like Dallas the standard is higher where sports fans say, no, we've got to be competing for championships or else you're not getting it done. And the same thing exists here. And the frustration that exists around the Steelers, not winning a playoff game in the last six years has actually gone almost in lockstep with the frustration over the Penguins, not winning a series in the last five postseasons and not even qualifying last year. So the frustration is always bubbling right below the surface. And it's, it's kind of like the old the old story about the duck, you know, it looks very calm on the surface, but is just furiously paddling right below the surface. Penguins fans, Pittsburgh sports fans on the surface are kind of like, ah, oh, man, this is this is frustrating. But right below the surface are like, man, I can't believe this. What is going on? We were supposed to take one more good run with these guys. He's Chris Mack of the Fifth Avenue face off. Check it out. Uh, good. Really, really solid. Uh hockey podcast in Pittsburgh and we're talking about tonight's game and there was some physicality, not as much as you'd like to see as a hockey fan, but in the second period, uh, just a, uh, it was one of Chris, one of the weirdest yeah. plays I've seen. Um, it was just, you know, so hit on Radic Foxa mm -hmm. and, and just, knocked out cold playing in his first NHL game. Um, I, I mean, you know, I just felt so bad for John Ludwig 
Um, you know, it was a guy that seemed really excited to be in the Penn's locker room, um, which historically, you know, since, especially since Crosby's been there from the outside, we hear yeah. about how great Jamie Alexiak, when he came to the stars, talked about how great that Penn's locker room was. I want to get your thoughts on the hit. I, first of all, I felt as though they kind of dragged him off the ice. I would love to see a stretcher in the future for those situations. Like, I just didn't feel as though he had his legs even when he was leaving the ice being helped off. Yeah, it was tough to tough to watch and and credit to uh, at least I don't know what the the uh the the Dallas uh side of things uh showed, but the Pittsburgh side of things, Sportsnet Pittsburgh did a good job of just just panning away from it, you know, giving yeah. crowd shots and bench shots. Um because it was it was scary. You know, you see a guy go down like that and you know he's out before he hits the ice. Um here in Pittsburgh anyway, it's for, for fans of a certain age, which is probably like 35 and older. Um, it's always reminiscent, eerily reminiscent of Kevin Stevens being hit mm. by Rich Pilon in the 93 playoffs. He was out before he hit the ice. And because he was KO'd before he hit the ice, he had no control. And he hit the ice face first, had to have like major yeah. facial reconstruction surgery, changed Kevin Stevens' career at really that did. point. Um, but, it, you know, that's 30 years ago. This wasn't nearly as bad, thankfully. But you're right, John Ludwig, just just a guy out there making his NHL debut, right? And yeah. and 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 coming at it, you know, play comes from a, a he's Czech uh, Czech born, but comes from a WHL background. So his whole background is speed and intensity, right? That's how they play out in the WHL. Everybody's flying around trying to make a name for themselves, looking for a hit, looking to make a big play, and they brought him in to kind of goose this team, give it a little bit of energy. Yeah, he, he brought it. I thought, you know, he got hung out to dry a little bit on. Uh, I want to say it was um, uh, who the Dadenoff goal. Um, but then right after that, he yeah that that hit and it looked like his face caught Fox's helmet and knocked him out. That's what I was thinking because you look at the contact and you know basically it was head on, but it wasn't like yeah. you know shoulder into the face or anything like that. And uh, I think Radic Foxa was stunned. Yeah, you you could see him over on the bench afterwards, looking at the iPad, just sort of scrubbing back and forth on the footage, trying to figure yeah. out what had happened. And he did. He looked totally unfazed by it, even though at, at initial contact it looked like Ludwig got the better of it, but uh, obviously he didn't. And and that put the Penguins in a situation where. You know, they had to play with 5D the rest of the way. I think in some cases it gave the Penguins maybe a look at some things they could try later. Like Ryan Graves looked okay with Eric Carlson. Um, Chris Letang skating with Marcus Pedersen again, I think, is something to keep an eye on. But you're just trying to you're just trying to keep legs fresh at that point. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Pittsburgh 0 for 3 on the power play. Stars 0 for 2. So no one really got it going on the uh, power play. I thought one of the key moments in the game was – uh, Pens did have a short four on three power play yeah. that the uh, stars were able to uh, keep them at bay. Yeah. You know, that should lend itself to the, the, the penguins, right? With all the skill out there, you would think that they would be able to make the most of the open ice, but actually I, I think I've found that, you know, you know, it's rare you get a four on three, but in this era of, again, the big three, the core three, as we call them, um, it actually lends itself to this power play, playing more patty cake than they do even at five on four. Like it's everybody's sitting around the perimeter and everybody's waiting for the perfect shot. And that even continued into the third. You know, there was a point where the Penguins got a late power play that if they score on it, it's got an opportunity to get them back in the game. 
And instead, what you got was at one point during that that same power play, Jake Gensel and Sidney Crosby each had an opportunity down low in the right-hand circle to grip it and rip it. And neither one of them did. They elected to pass. And they each got an opportunity to get a shot off a couple seconds later. Gensel was in the high slot by the time he got the puck back. Crosby got it right back on a, on a sort of give and go um, and ripped one from the very same spot in the right circle. But by that time, you know, the goalie has, has tracked it at that point. Ottinger was on it. The puck had come from low out to the circle. Crosby does not take the shot. And instead, it comes back to him a second time. And Ottinger's in better position to read the play and make the save. And that's unfortunately been the problem with this power play. They brought in Eric Carlson, which should sort of unlock some things. But instead, we're getting the same philosophy of pass, 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 keep it around the perimeter. They don't really have anybody of significant size on the inside to play in either the bumper position or right in front of the net. And it's it's lent itself to a, a lot of empty power play opportunities, including that four on three you mentioned. Yeah, one one of the players that, you know, shockingly, it was kind of an under-the-radar signing by Jim Nill and the Stars is Craig Smith, just a veteran uh, who's played with a number of teams and played really well once again. Yeah. Um, you know, we kind of talked on the podcast, you know, maybe we'll be a healthy scratch. and can come in. It provides that depth that the Stars needed in case of injury. But, uh, you know, the way he started, he's found himself in a fourth line, you know, just a, yeah. just a solid. And we're, t- you know, we talked the other day about that depth and Craig Smith is a, a perfect example, a guy that can kind of move up in lines and he's a big body kind of struggled with some injury over his career, but just a, just a solid NHL or really paying some dividends for a, for a cheap salary cap salary. Yeah. I thought he had a great game to be honest. Thought, yeah. um, he, he, especially when he was with Marchman and Foxa, I thought that trio Looked really good. Delandria, I thought, did, did not have a fantastic game. And so I think when Smith was able to get away from Delandria, that helped him a little bit. But yeah, I mean, it, it, that's that's what you need out of a fourth line. I mean, you look at high danger chances in particular, um, that fourth line, I think, I want to say they generated three and, and had none against Marchment, Foxa, and Smith. So yeah. that's if you that's the one thing, again, to bring it back to the Pittsburgh perspective on this, that people have been clamoring for is get us a depth line that isn't just going to hold serve, so to speak. Get us a depth line that can produce some offense. And there's some hope, even despite a, a game like tonight's, that Redeem Zahorna, Lars Eller, and Drew O'Connor can be that. They just called Zahorna up a couple days ago. They had a great game, that line, in St. Louis, despite losing there on Saturday night. They had another quality effort tonight. Um, they also... Uh, shut out the opposition in high danger chances for nothing. So uh, it, that line is finding something, but the fourth line, Nieto, Achari, and Jeff Carter is struggling. And again, other than the top line of Crosby, Gensel, and Rust, or Eric Carlson, they're not generating really a lot of even strength offense. It's something they're going to have to figure out. I mean, it might get to the point where it's just, hey, if you're if it's not the top line, it's just Carlson and go. Um, you know, let, let, let Latang and Graves play with the top line more often than not. Let Eric Carlson soak up as many minutes as he can outside of that. And just, Hey, win the face off, get it back to 65 and get out of the way because, you know, he, he has the ability to do that. Does it lead to some turnovers? Yeah. We saw one tonight in particular, um, where they actually got a great play by Marcus Pedersen to break up a two on one, but I, I'll take the offensive ability 
because the Pens right now are just having such a hard time generating offense at even strength. Bud, you're a good partner, man. Maybe I should get rid of Ludwig. <laughs> he'd beat me up. He'd come after me. He'd pull my sweater <laughs> over my head. No, he'd beat me up first, and you'd have time to run. I've challenged him to fights now for four years, and he's said no every single time. I'm like, let's drop the mitts. Let's just end this is what they do in hockey. And yeah, he just pushes me to the side, even when we're in public, which is which is pretty rare. But uh, it's it's pretty funny because you would think like off the Spits and Suds podcast, it would be different. But we do some charity events sometimes and people are yeah. like, wow, you guys are exactly the same. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Now I just have to sit for three hours while Craig beats me up. Verbally. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell, tell them if you know, if you guys ever need to go, you know, you ever need a three man uh, line, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm there. I'll, I'll just just like my my old intramural days at Penn State, I will just go to the front of the net, try hit that tripod stance with the with the blade down and the blue paint and just l- let somebody bounce a puck in off of my stick and <laughs> throw the hands up. You are the man, Spits and Suds fans. Check out Fifth Avenue Faceoff. He's Chris Mack of our sister station, The Fan in Pittsburgh. My friend, we got to do this more often. Thank you so much for coming on after the game. I love getting the opposition perspective because we talk stars a lot, but from a Pittsburgh perspective, as far as what you saw tonight, I think it's really valuable for our listeners. No, and I really appreciate you asking me on, Gavin, and for coming on Fifth Avenue Faceoff the other day to give us a perspective on just what the Penguins were going to be up against coming into this one. I think, you know, Penguins fans – Knew that this was going to be a tough couple of games at home this week against Dallas and Colorado, but to get the preview that you gave us the other day really kind of crystallized a lot of things, and uh, we saw it we saw it play out tonight. So uh, best of luck to the Stars going forward. I want to see that team do well. I got family in Texas, so uh, by all means, go Stars, just not when you play the Penguins. If you could take it easy when they meet again in March, that would be well. Appreciated. Yeah, likewise, do not take it easy on Thursday night. Okay. Colorado just is not losing. So please take care of Colorado. It's weird seeing an undefeated stars team in second place in the central. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll do our best. We'll see if the pens can actually figure some things out. All right, my friend, go get some rest. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name, your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Once again, that's Chris Mack from Fifth Avenue Face Off. Uh, Really enjoyed that conversation. And like I said, it's awesome to get kind of the opposition's point of view uh, about tonight's game. So stars win four to one, and you guys have some questions. And by the way, let me throw this out there. So one of the things I was thinking about is, you know, we tape this podcast with Sean and we tape this podcast with Craig and I love doing the show with those guys. We kid around, but I love doing the show because they bring in a real deep perspective. But at the same time, I wanted to get you kind of stars information immediately. So we post these podcasts and I'll try to do them as often as possible after the game with just some initial um, thoughts. These will be shorter podcasts, but at the same time, um, just some initial thoughts. And I love answering your questions. So put it out there on Twitter and you guys responded. And Eden Shallow, at E. Shadlow, 
uh, says, how much rope does Marchman have left? Demoted to the fourth line today, but looked okay-ish there. Is it likely he stays there despite his big cap hit? Eden, stick tap to you. That's a great question because you put in Mason Marchman along with cap hit. And at the end of the day, Sean and I have talked about that. And it's very tough with a player that's making $4 million to stick him on a fourth line. But if you get rid of that, and I'll give you a comparison on this same Stars team, Ryan Suter. If Ryan Suter is your third line defensive pairing, I think you're okay with that. I actually think there's a nice veteran presence there by Ryan Suter. What we don't like and where he gets into trouble is at his age logging all those minutes. Mason Marchment has proven on an upper line while he does provide some physicality and he can draw an occasional penalty like he did tonight. I just don't see the scoring ability on a consistent basis. And when you break down his career, he had one good year in Florida. I would love to see Mason Marchment perform well for this stars team, but I agree with you, Eden. It needs to start on the fourth line because that fourth line tonight was clicking. That fourth line had some chances. And as Chris pointed out, that fourth line didn't give up a lot of chances. And that's what it's all about. So I would like to see Pete DeBoer put him on that fourth line, hopefully build some confidence for Mason Marchman, and then move up. Uh, Hunter asks, that's at Hunter Dallas HKY, meaning hockey. If things continue, is Marchment the most likely trade bait if they do something big at the deadline? It's really early. I get it. But he had been dreadful so far. Also, thoughts on Delandria Steele as who will win out the 12th forward battle. Good questions, Hunter. So I don't think he'll be trade bait, and here's why. Who wants to take Mason Marchman at this point? Who wants to take on that salary for not much production? I mean, you've heard me talk about Radic Fox's salary, but Radic Fox has played well on that fourth line, and Radic Fox uh, does a good job as far as face-off wins, and you see him go off the ice immediately after that. So he does add some value. And when you look at Mason Marchman, it's like, okay, what is he bringing to the table? So is he on the power play unit? Is he killing penalties? And you just see that Mason Marchman isn't necessarily bringing a lot right now. So I think keeping him on that fourth line, you know, is, is the right move, but trading him, what are you going to get in return? Um, you know, maybe Jim Nil can pull something, you know, a rabbit out of the hat, so to speak, what he did with Dennis Gurionov, but in Dennis Gurionov, I think Montreal looked at potential. And I think that's massive when you look at Dennis Gurionov, because I think there were people that thought, this could be a potential 20 goal scorer again because he had shown flashes in the past. I don't think teams will look at Mason Marchment that same way. As far as Delandria Steele, who will win out in the 12th forward battle, you know, it's interesting is we didn't mention Craig Smith, and that's because he's playing so well. But I actually thought Steele would be in a battle with Smith on that fourth line. And um, Sam Steele's young uh, uh, guy, I like his aggressiveness. I like how he likes to get in front of the net. I think you'll see a rotating basis, and I'm okay with that because injuries will happen. And when injuries happen, you get a guy like, you know, a Sam Steele or we mentioned Craig Smith or Ty Delandria that have the ability to move up online. So I think it's a good problem to have for Stars fans. Tanner Wilson asks, what's the biggest thing needed to fix the power play? I think they're struggling on entry zone. Um, I don't think they're getting set, and I, I don't think there's a comfort level yet. 
And let me tell you something. When three goals are scored shorthanded, I think there was some hesitation as far as the stars tonight, making sure that the play didn't get behind them. And when that happens, you kind of lose confidence. And I think they struggled getting it into the zone. I think they got to do a better job of spacing and just, you know, it's old school hockey and it's not going to show up in the analytics aspects, but you got to get it in front of the net. You know, when you're struggling on the power play, a good way to fix that is to get dirty rebounds, be in that, you know, dirty area, so to speak, right in front of the crease, screening the goalie. So I think they have to get base back to basics, but there's no questioning this stars team should have one of the better power players, at least, be, sorry, better power plays upper tier in the NHL. So I think that's what they have to do. That was from Tanner Wilson, who, by the way, does a great job uh, feeding a lot of information on NAHL, ECHL, what's happening in junior hockey. So um, you can follow him at, at Texas SR underscore Tanner one, but just look up Tanner Wilson. That would be a lot easier. Uh, Logan ask at Lonix underscore Onyx. I feel like Marchman looks better on the fourth, uh, playing a daddy next to Duchesne and Sagan looks better. I hope they keep these forward lines going forward. It looks good. Um, as I mentioned before, I would love to see Mason Marchman, um, on a fourth line just to get some of that consistency back. And, and you know what? I think he can play heavy on that fourth line. I think he's a lot more free with the physicality and I think he can get back to basics and build that confidence. So I would like to see him on that fourth line. As I've mentioned, uh, Carrie Lettinen's wrecking ball, Wyatt Johnson, just keep succeeding expectations. What if anything is stopping Johnston from becoming an elite player in the NHL? It's a really good question. And I think the answer is time. What we need to realize as this is a player that technically should be entering his first year in the AHL. Okay. Was not supposed to be in the NHL last year. So the stars struck gold and kudos to them. Uh, kudos to them on drafting a player that did not get a lot of looks because of COVID and, uh, they've struck gold on Wyatt Johnston. What I don't want to see happen is Wyatt Johnston go away from Jamie Ben, because I think it's affecting both of them. So I like Wyatt Johnson. I like dad enough. And I like Ben on that line. The three seem to complement each other, but I think it's time as far as an elite player. Um, but you know, you got to love what Wyatt Johnson do, especially on that last goal where he didn't give up. I truly thought the whistle should have blown and that should have been a no goal, but the whistle did not blow. But I love how Wyatt Johnston still stuck his head in there and got that puck over the line. I think that's an area that I love to see about Wyatt Johnston, because as he matures, as he gets bigger, uh, you know, as that growth continues, I mean, he's still so young. I think his physicality around the net can be really effective. Drew Butler at D Butler three, eight, five, six. As we continue to answer your questions on spits and suds as the stars win four to one over the penguins. How close are we to a Stankoven call up? He's been on fire in the AHL and there's a hole in the Sagan line for a high skilled player. Okay. It's a really good question. Drew. You need to be patient. This is a comparison to Evett, Evan Carter or Wyatt Langford currently with the Texas Rangers. You want these players coming up with full confidence and you don't want to rush them. I know 
when you watch the AHL, and I agree, the AHL is very close to the NHL as far as hockey. The one difference when I talk to people is consistency. And I want Logan Stankoven to show me on a consistent basis that he can score. But more importantly, that he's improved on the defensive side because as a forward, I need to see Stankoven become a, a, you know, a more consistent back checker, you know, hold his man in check. So I'd love to see improvement in those areas. Pete DeBoer has already said he's NHL ready. So I think that's wonderful. I think it's wonderful for Maverick Bork. And I love to see the development of Liam Bixel. Just be patient. This can be a late year call up and you're still fine. But who do you take out of the lineup? Are you going to have Mason Marchman, a $4 million guy, as a healthy scratch? I don't think we're at that point. And we also have to remember, you know, where is Stankoven going to fit in? So I personally would rather see, and I think we will see, a Logan Stankoven called up in the event of one of the scorers goes down with an injury. I think he could be called up. But right now, the Stars, as we talked about on Spits and Suds, have what I think is the best depth in the cup runs in 99, 2000, those early 2000 years where the Stars had a lot of depth in their lineup. So it's okay to let them sit. We're excited. I'm excited. But at the same time, let them grow. Remember, just like Wyatt Johnston should be playing his first year in the AHL, this is his first true year as far as professional hockey um, in North America. The game gets tighter, the game is more physical, and it gets even more physical when you enter those NHL um, days, even faster. So I think I want Logan Stankoven to get used to the physicality, to the speed, and to the defensive um, assignments that he needs to play on a consistent basis. All right, and Ryan Suterfan asks, Essa and Nils look good separately but this game, they look great together. Their chemistry together seems to be getting, um, improving, gelling really nicely. Yeah, I thought Essa Lindell had one of his better games. He was on the ice a, a, a lot tonight. Uh, um, if you if you look at the uh, ice times uh, for, for the Stars, uh, I think he was up there at 22 minutes. Uh, Miro was 22.56. Yeah, and Essa Lindell was 22.23. So... Essa Lindell played a, a lot tonight. Yeah, I can't say enough about Nils Lundqvist. I think he's playing with a lot of confidence. Once again, I saw him go into uh, the boards and fight for the puck tonight. So he's not scared to, quote-unquote, muck it up, and I like to see that. You can definitely see that he's put on some size but hasn't lost the speed. And I think we'll see these defensemen grow in confidence. You know, we've been talking a lot about Nils Lundqvist, but Thomas Harley we haven't talked about as much on Spits and Suds. He had a really nice game tonight, and he's going to continue. And, you know, that's what's so great is these guys are going to have a lot of confidence, and I like how they're paired with more veteran guys. I know Stars fans don't want to hear it, but Ryan Suter does bring experience to the table. Essa Lindell brings experience to the table. Hockenpah. Heishkinen. These guys have been there. So uh, I, I, you know, the, the future's bright as you know, it's, it's exciting, but I'm going to go back to what I started with the, the beginning of the podcast. I'm excited. And I think it's great because good teams find a way to win, but 
I, you know, what happened in the first period just can't happen. And it just seems like the stars against Anaheim and then the stars against the Penguins. It just seems to take a little while to get going for this team. Let me tell you Thursday night, you better come out flying because the Maple Leafs are coming to town and that's impressive. Um, they have one of the better teams in the NHL right now. A lot of people are questioning their goaltending, but I will say, you know, Toronto is at the top of their game. And, uh, when we talk about, you know, elite goal scorers, they certainly have a lot of them. So the stars are going to have a nice test on Thursday against the Maple Leafs. Always great when an original six comes to town, even better when they come from Canada here in that Canadian national anthem. So super excited this, don't get me wrong. This was a nice test. This is a really good road win tonight because the stars have struggled in that barn. So really nice win by the stars in Pittsburgh. They go at it again on Thursday night. And I think it's what's, what's, what's best as far as what's happening is they're collecting two points as they continue at looking at ways to improve on the power play. Can't say enough about their shorthanded um, power play unit. As far as what they're doing, special team shorthanded has been massive for this stars team. And honestly, they're undefeated because of Jake Ottinger. Um, he is playing at another level right now. And it's awesome to see stars fans. We have a goalie for a long time to come. And when you have that goalie, you can build around boy, that's special. So that's going to do it for an episode of spits and suds. We'll have Sean on soon to give an expanded and also going to get into some NHL news. Uh, really interesting. What's happening as far as in Winnipeg and lack of attendance. And now Rick bonus stick tap to his family. I really hope uh, they get well, his wife suffering a stroke. So He's need to take a leave of absence and the former stars coach, our thoughts and prayers are with him. So we'll talk around the NHL. Sean also got a nice look at Connor Bedard the other day in Chicago and then checked out the stars, Texas stars who were playing in Chicago as well. So we got a lot to uh, talk about this week on spits and suds and do me a favor. We're really trying to improve this program all the time. Love feedback. You can hit me up at GJ Spittle on Twitter, looking to get more guests on to give different perspective on this stars team and on what's happening in the NHL. So if you have any suggestions, please send them uh, our way as, as far as questions as well, because we want to make this podcast the best for you. So that's going to do it for tonight. Once again, uh, the stars win four to one in Pittsburgh, two points in the books. We'll see you soon. Stars fans.